Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We're continuing our walk through Jesus at the movies. Um, Jesus' story, let me put it this way. I believe that God has written his story on everyone's hearts. Everyone around the world. Which is why I believe that all of our stories often have, often, nearly always have, an, an element of redemption. There's an element of redemption and there's a savior in every story. Even romantic comedies will have some sort of savior in the story. Because God has written on our hearts the story of his son Jesus Christ, uh, who came and saved you and me. So it's, it's natural that we should look at stories today and say, hey, there's elements of here that really align well with Jesus. And so we're looking at Jesus at the movies and seeing those stories and how they align with the story. And the thing we'll be talking about today is brokenness. Because nearly every story also hits the theme of brokenness. We are all broken. And this world is broken. Tsunamis. Hurricanes, earthquakes, fires, floods, lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. They're all around us and it happens all the time. And we call them natural disasters, which is a really funny name because they weren't, they're natural in the sense of they're from nature, but they're not natural in the sense of original. This world wasn't designed that way. It wasn't created this way. And we know that deep down in our hearts because when something really bad happens in nature, one of your first thoughts is, it shouldn't be like that. Because deep down you know it wasn't made that way. It's almost as if we're prescribing evil to nature. Like it did something wrong, right? You hear of a massive tsunami and millions, thousands killed. You're like, what? What is going on? We live in a broken world. And there are broken people all around you. And they're everywhere. And it's not just the big, horrible stuff that goes wrong. It's the small stuff that happens each and every day. How many of you have uh, raised children? You know, are currently raising children, right? You're like, I, it never ends. It never ends, right? How many of you taught your toddlers to say mine? Right? You're like, you're like, okay, now this is yours. Now I'm going to try and take it from you. And I want you to say mine, right? This is how it works, right? No one teaches a kid that. But they all know it. They all know the word mine. And then they grow up. And then they change phrases to things like um, rightfully ours. Or um, creative bookkeeping. Or hiding assets. You're like, oh, it's just a new way to say mine. That's all it is. That's all it is. There's broken people all around you. But that's not the worst part. The worst part is you're broken. We're broken. And we're broken in every way. We're broken physically. We're broken emotionally. We're broken spiritually. We're broken sexually. We're all broken. We're broken different ways, but we're all broken. And we're all broken in every way. Each and every one of us. So how do we deal with that? There are lots of people who are uncomfortable with brokenness. 
And so they come up with phrases or things they can say that can say, you know what, I can handle this brokenness or so I don't have to deal with it. How many of you heard the phrase, um, God won't give you anything you can't handle? Isn't that horrible? Someone ever, have, how, many has, has, how many of you have heard that from someone else that said it to you? Oh, you know, God won't give you anything you can't handle. And you're like, really? That's just another way of saying, buck up, you know? That's all it is. Oh, God won't give you anything you can't handle. You need to, you know, take it. It's a horrible thing to say. This is what I believe. God won't give you anything we can't handle. Because God puts you in community with people to help carry your burdens and for you to help carry other people's burdens. And people are uncomfortable with brokenness. And so they'll hand out trite things to handle a brokenness. If I say this, then I don't need to deal with it. This happened when I was a pastor in California. We were doing a service for uh, a baby that uh, died in the womb. And someone said to a dad, well, you know, God must have wanted that child more than we did. And I think the dad was going to punch him. It's just a way for this person that was uncomfortable with brokenness and said, you know what, I'm just going to say something. It won't make you feel better, but it'll make me feel better. Other religions are even worse. So if you're a follower of Hinduism and something bad happens to you, guess what? It's your fault. Because it's karma. And either you did something wrong to deserve it or you did something wrong in a previous life that you can't remember to deserve it. That's a good one. If you follow Islam, Islam teaches that God is gracious. But you better follow the five pillars. If something bad happens to you, it might be your fault. For Buddhists, they believe that there are no bad things. What is, is meant to be, and so you need to surrender your misconceptions and be at peace with whatever happens to you. Which can be positive, it can be helpful to kind of live within your circumstances. But if you're standing next to the bedside, you're saying your goodbye to someone for the last time. Well, that just falls short. All answers fall short. Every explanation fails. Everyone. Oh, there's reasons and there's good things and, and James talks about tribulation strengthening us and, and giving us good character. That's absolutely true. But when you're in the midst of something hard and horrible, every explanation fails. Every so-called answer doesn't explain. And this is why I love Jesus. Jesus did not come to answer every single question you have. Didn't. Jesus came to be the answer. Alan Iverson was called the answer, and he was a great basketball player, but I'm sorry, Alan, you're not the answer, right? He's not the answer. Jesus Christ is the answer. And Jesus suffered everything that you've ever suffered. He knew poverty. He was um, ridiculed 
He was rejected by his family and his friends. He was wrongfully accused, tortured, and executed. There's not a single thing that you've gone through that Jesus hasn't already gone through. So he knows what you're going through. And then even better, he died for you. Died on a cross for your sin and for mine, for your brokenness and my brokenness, for the brokenness of this whole world. Not so that we'd have the answers, but so that we'd know the answer. And Jesus Christ and his life for yours, uh, his grace washing over you so that you might be forgiven and free and saved and have life now and always. Jesus Christ is the answer. He's our only hope. We have no other. We need no other. But then Jesus does something interesting. He invites you into the battle. He invites you into the battle in this world that is full of brokenness. He ascends into heaven. He tells his disciples, okay, now I'm sending you out into a broken world and to stand. And your job as followers of Jesus is not to fix the brokenness because Jesus has already done that. But your job is to stand against it and say, you know what? Jesus Christ lives. Jesus Christ reigns. And I am his. And evil has no place here. And one day, one day the king will return and make his victory over sin and Satan and death full and complete and final. But until that day comes, he invites you to the battle to stand. And there are a ton of movies that have tried to describe the brokenness of this world and the battle that we face. How many of you remember the movie The Matrix? Interesting movie, right? That that was the whole purpose of the whole movie The Matrix. That was the purpose. And try to describe why this world is broken, and I think it failed at that point. And then tries to describe how to stand against it, and there it does a pretty decent job. But what does an even better job, and you knew I was going here, Lord of the Rings. That's my favorite movie. Ever. Ever. So I'm going to show you a clip. And in this clip, uh, we see Frodo. And Frodo's one of the, the hobbits, the little ones, right? And Frodo has been given the task of carrying the ring, the ring of power, which symbolizes sin. And Frodo is a Christ figure, and his job is to kill the ring. And they have to go to a certain volcano called Mount Doom to do this. And so Frodo and his friends are charged with the task of destroying the ring, of destroying sin. And this is a hard job. And there's one member of the team who's struggling with this. His name's Boromir. And he's wrestling with sin. We'll show that clip. There we go.
Worry. It is a strange thing that we should suffer so much fear and doubt over so small a thing.
And all come to dogs. And my sight's to ruin. I do not know what strength is in my blood. But I swear to you, I will not let the White City fall. Our people fail. Our people. Our people. enemy isn't your mother-in-law. 
The enemy isn't your spouse, ex-spouse. They're not the enemy. Jesus challenged us to pray. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Probably the hardest prayer ever. And for a lot of us here, the prayer is going to be, help me to forgive those who have trespassed against me. And that's a good prayer too. Jesus invites you to the battle because he's already won it for you. Because he's already showered you with amazing grace from here for eternity. Because he died and rose for you. Because he loves you. And then he says, I'm sending you out. I'm sending you out for a broken, broken world. For a world that's dying and many times doesn't even know it. I want you to stand. I want you to stand against evil. And I want you to share grace. Until that day when the King returns. Amen? Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, may that peace guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus our Lord for life everlasting. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you came and that you fought. You stood against sin. You stood against Satan. You stood against evil. You stood against the brokenness in this world. And you healed and comforted. You held us accountable. And then, Lord, you shared your grace. Lord, help us to stand like you. Not to win the battle, because you've already done that for us, Lord. But to stand with you. That we might be grace commandos as well. Because of all you've done for us. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.